welcome on in. Enzwell Boxing, Ireland's boxing podcast. I'm Al Rich. Click on the link in the attached show notes. You'll find all our previous episodes. If you want to get in touch, suggestions, ideas, you'll find us on Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, or you can email us at endswellpod at pearlhandmail.com. Ah, yeah. Welcome on in indeed. To this, um, to this little hour of the week that I'm dedicating this week to being as real world as possible. Might not be for some, but um, I know there's an awful lot of people have reached out this week who are very, very much longing to be back in that wonderful, real, no holes barred, no filter, no fake, no mask, real world. Not for the faint-hearted sometimes, not for the snowflakes amongst us, but from my point of view and from my experience, there is no better place to be. In a week where the uh, headlines, depending on what part of the world you're in, but in Ireland the headlines would have you running for cover. Fear amongst fear. Absolutely petrified. Mask, double mask, triple level masks. COVID-19. Cases are going through the roof. But you can still go to the restaurant because COVID don't hang out there. You can still go to school because COVID don't hang out there. And you can still pretty much do what you like if you're in Dublin because COVID hangs out there. But nobody really wants to talk about that. And the headlines in the boxing world would lead you to believe that Kel Brook is about to cash out in a $1.5 million deal. It'll see him fight Bud Crawford around about the 10th of October. Interesting to see will that come about. What a week for Stevie McKenna. Back on Enswell Boxing. Back on TV in the UK. Smashes his opponent out. And then has another go at the diva that is Ryan Garcia. So, if you've nothing else to do for the next while, come on with me down into uh, Podcastville and let it be my privilege and pleasure to look at those stories and listen to some of these amazing guests. Consensus was like I had a kind of a pro style, and I, I like to sit on my shots a bit and tear up on the inside and fight a little bit dirty as well. That, of course, is today's featured guest, Tony Brown. He's been Irish senior champion. He's represented in the green vest all around the world. He's won all there is. He's been there. He's done that. Worn the t-shirt, and he's with us today to talk about the next chapter in his career. He signed pro contract, signed a promotional deal with Star Boxing. He's no stranger to the podcast. He's been with me from the outset. And it's my absolute pleasure to chat with him about this next exciting chapter in his career. I think um, the last couple of years, I lost a bit of that. So it's just been a case of refining that style. Also joining us on this episode is the man who's been beside him, behind him, in front of him, in his corner, everywhere he's been. Stephen O'Rourke has been with him. He's his coach. He's his mentor. And he's now plotting the next stage of this career for Tony. And he joined me on Saturday to talk about that, about the two lads fighting at the weekend, and lots, lots more. As we're on this journey, you're getting, you're learning every day. You're learning everything about the the business. So even though I'm just a trainer, I'm learning everything about the business. Two fellas who are no stranger to this podcast, Stephen's son Ryan and Vic Rabe, both box on live show in Valencia on Friday night, and they joined me to chat about the upcoming show about. Transitioning from maintenance mode to fight camp mode. The time off did me well. I needed a rest anyway. And when I came back, I was I was raring to go. I don't think I've ever been happier to get back onto a diet and start training yeah. for a fight. So basically when gyms reopened and uh, we've been slowly getting back into it and then mid-July we, we, we went for it. And yeah, we're here we are, nine weeks later since when we started. And everything's going well. And all that's just the intro. Throw in on top of that, we've got news, we've got views, we've got interviews. Put the earbuds in, turn it up, let's go. Before I dive into all that, I didn't realise earlier on in the week that Dylan Moran was also on the card. So I panicked a little bit on Monday night as I was getting the artwork done and getting everything in line. The plan initially was to release this on Wednesday, but it's a little bit early. Uh, so I reached out to Dylan and uh, he's in Spain I think already he's he's away anyways he's getting his training done he's getting the 
weight cut done for fight week so uh, he's not available to chat with me but there was um, a little bit of panic on my behalf because I would always hate any fighter anybody to think that I was uh, excluding ignoring or just basically not recognising not realising which does happen sometimes it slips through there are so many been going on but I reached out to Dylan and listen he's the top top fella that he always was and is and he explained a few things to me and I can guarantee you we will have the man himself on uh, at some stage over the next couple of episodes he's a he's a great fella he's on the bounce back from what's been let's be honest about it bad luck bad luck and uh, his attitude his endeavor his application everything is always the same relentless meticulous and ready so dylan shout out to you my man this mic's always open and we'll chat to you soon you ever have a run where you know you shouldn't really complain where um you know, yeah, things aren't what they should. Or what they're not the May West. They're not what you would uh, wish for. Could be a lot better, but you know, then you just have to dig in. You know that you just have to grind, cut it out. You know, eventually, things will start to turn around. But sometimes, sometimes you just can't shake that feeling that you just want to. Oh, just want to scream just want to let a big roar out and let it go shout what are you going to do what are you going to do you know what I say do it shout scream roar do whatever you have to do cry whatever you have to do to ease that strain to release that angst do it <laughs> it might help if you're uh, out in the open as in the middle of the Curra or the middle of Wicklow Mountains or into a pillow or a cushion or, or even in a car park with the car closed with the doors windows closed but do it bottling shit up only makes it worse and I say this on the back of some um, messages that I got from some some loyal listeners throughout the last week or so yeah everything is cool just with me I suppose what's been annoying me the last few weeks Silly, silly, pointless, irrelevant shit that normally any other time just wouldn't bother me. It'll just be battered away, taken in the stride. Could have one of those things, but it's a mindset, really, isn't it? It's 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 like everything else with us. So I've had a I've had a gammy knee. <laughs> knee blew up or blew out or blew every direction. At one point, there was a cyst at the back of my knee, which was putting pressure on the front of my knee. It was pain. It was annoying. It was discomfort. It was niggly and then it was you know what it is it's like it gets into your head you know it's like those you know what us lads are like any of the girls that are listening you know what we're like the girls are much better at dealing with the pain (laughs) but um, life then and choices procrastinating all those old habits had returned for me not all of them but some of them with things that uh, I suppose with life with the podcast uh, I have ideas I've had ideas I've had a little couple of series I've had routes that I wanted to take decisions I needed to make and I was putting them off putting them off and then on Sunday or Saturday morning uh, just as I gone out the door had a shower everything else decided okay I'm not going to get sick or whatever else so I'll dry the ears and I use the cotton bud to dry the ears now I know what people are going to say I know what they're going to say and I heard something the other day for the very first time in my life was never put anything smaller than your elbow in your ear and of course me being the smart ass wise guy that I am would say how would you get your fucking elbow in your ear? But uh, of course I missed the point on that. Anyway, long story short, I got a really, really, really sharp, sore, prodding pain in my ear. And I knew straight away I had done something. So stopped, retreated, and went about whatever I was doing because I know I was on literally about to get into the car to go and do wherever I was going. And Sunday morning I woke up, felt sick, felt dizzy, couldn't sit up without ref- feeling or vomiting and vomiting and everything else and I thought oh woe is me you know what we're like you know what it's like you know what us lads are like the world absolutely going to end now I wouldn't mind if it had a belly full of beers if it had a box of Miller or if it had a whole lot of boat over and it had Jack had been here for the night no 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 it wasn't anything like that at all and it took me to Sunday evening to realise what it was I had damaged my ear when I went to clean it again it wasn't pretty it wasn't pretty so yeah, self-inflicted, I know, of a different sort. But uh, what it does is it puts things into perspective because then over the next couple of days you get a series of, um, you hear people, you hear people who are coping, dealing, going through real shit, real world issues. Death, grief, 
pain, suffering, heartache of the worst sort. And uh, you know who I'm talking to. You know who you are. Um, you know if I can do anything. I am and will. Always. And uh, it just, as I said, it's perspective. It's a mindset. For me, it's everything. I can handle a little bit of pain, not too much. So when I can't handle it, there's a pill for every ill, isn't there? Now, not that I'm a big believer in that either, but yes. It does um, It does help. So the ear is healing. The knee is still in bits, but the head is right. And when that's right, bring everything else on. Now I know any of the boxers, the fighters out there, will say, look, that's not rocket science, man. You know this. You know this. I've been saying this for long enough, but it took a little bit of an adjustment. And what what I realise is I would consider myself, I would would consider myself now to be strong-minded at the best of times, but... The last few weeks hasn't been, hasn't been. And and with this adjustment, I tackled a week, which has been hectic. I mean, it has been hectic. And I know it's not just for me, it's for everybody. Real world of back to school, we've had leave insert results, we've had the daily COVID news and all the knock-on side effects of that, of course. The ordinary everyday grind that's there, there for everybody, whether it's lockdown or not. And indeed, the last week has been seen, as I said, some of my close pals um, go through the ringer, suffering a death in their family. Another loyal, trusty listener who became a good, reliable friend messaged me out of the blue on Monday to tell me um, a truly heartbreaking story. I think heartbreaking is, is yeah. And uh, she and her husband are, are going through right now and when I think about these things, when I think about my grind, and I think about your grind, I think about everybody I hold dear and near, I think about their grind. Momentarily, momentarily, at different points in the week or the day or the year, we all we all do lose that little bit of hope. We all do lose that little, and succumb to that, fuck's sake, press that fuck it button. Oh, what's the fall into that momentary lapse of what's the point why is it always me trust me to think that or why me and anyone that says they don't let that happen now and then it does happen it's you're human whether it's when the car breaks down when you put diesel into the fucking petrol car when you lose money when you're left skint at the very time you can't afford it you're let down for something that you were supposed to have and you knew you could rely on and you didn't. Or you've got an injury or an illness or worse again, tragedy hits. So, no matter what it is, I call it a blah. It's a blah day. It's just blah. That's alright. It's okay. It's normal. It's normal to think, for fuck's sake, what more can hit me? Or to think, Jesus, give me a break. I've often stopped walking across a field, looked up in the sky and threw my arms out. What? What next? <laughs> if anybody ever sees me, just keep walking. Please just keep walking. Because it's just a natural normal. And it's taken me all of my adult life to figure this out. That's okay. It happens. If people around you are acting like shitheads, if they're picking looking, creating issues that aren't there if they're just absolutely going out of their way to bend your brain, to boil your frog. If you're not getting on with your partner, if it looks and at times feels like, who, who, what's going on? Who is this person? Where has he or she, where are they gone? It looks like everything's lost, kaput, gone. If your family are just unrecognisable at times, if they're just, their actions, their words, their actual person, they're, they're, they're being just horrendous. It always comes to a point when you have to stop and think. Ask yourself, what am I going to do? What am I going to do? What am I going to do? Are you going to press that fuck it button and make things a hundred times worse? Or are you going to fight? Are you going to dig your heels in? And I'm not just talking boxing terms. I'm talking about whether you want to dig your heels in, dig your elbows, dig your nails. Whatever it is you have to grasp, grip, 
claw, grab. And you say fight, fight, fight who? Like fight, you talk fight, Al, you talk about fight who, where, when, why? Sometimes, and I'm talking from a personal point of view, and I'm talking from, I know from talking to some really, really close loved pals. Sometimes that fight is with you. It's in here, as I point to the side of my head. It's in this little foot or so top part of your body. That's where the battles are. One lost, determined, planned, plotted, schemed and executed. Now I've had to learn a lot. A whole lot. I've had to do a whole lot of growing up over the last while. And it wasn't easy. It wasn't nice. And at times I had to um, I had to step back. I had to eat an awful lot of crow. I had to eat that big humble pie. And I've had and it's work endless, tireless, relentless to just try and correct some little small habits which knock on and cause bigger ones and cause bigger ones. Nothing in and to try and just just it's not for anybody else because most might not even realise, recognise. At times they don't. But I know. You know. You know when you're working on something. You know when you're trying to improve something. You know when you've had some little flaw that one, every time it happens, it leads to something else and something else and something else. And then you know when you correct it and you spot it and you fix it that it doesn't lead to that thing. So nobody else can recognise it because they don't know until you tell them. The point is, and I don't want to rabbit on too much, the point is that sometimes, and most of the times, it would be very, very easy and a whole lot easier to press that fuck it button and tip on down on the town for the night or the next night or two nights or fill your boots, bring Jack over, bring Bud over, bring whoever. And uh, it might look better for an hour or two, but then it's absolutely a whole lot worse. Or, or... You can choose to tackle it head on, straight head first and see where it brings you. And you might not get it right the first time and you might not get it right the second time and you mightn't even get it right the 15th time. But I'll tell you what you will do. You'll get a fierce sense of satisfaction of knowing that you didn't take the easy way out, that you didn't pack it all in when shit got tough, that you didn't run whinging and bawling and moaning to anybody that listened to you and you didn't bottle out. And to those of you who um, who have been in touch with me this week and, and those of you who are who I, I who, some people who I don't even speak to regularly or I might never hear or see from the point is we we're all going through different things of different levels who are important who have different impact on different people's lives and from, again from my only from my own learning I've been on both sides where I've bottled it up and I've said nothing and I've gutted it out and tried to pretend everything is great and I've also got used to being able to talk to somebody anybody pick somebody that you know you can rely on and talk to them and I promise you I promise you I am open to correction but I will be stunned if you come back and tell me that you shared a problem even or even if it's only a text conversation at some point in time it makes a huge difference. Especially when you know that everybody everybody is going through it. And that's getting a little bit down and dusty and down and everything else. I want to lift it back up by saying the last few days have been really special for me from a podcast point of view. That I've managed to raise the profile, raise, I won't say the profile, but raise, um, raise my game. I've had ideas that I've sat on for the last few weeks and months and just thought, mm, pondering and usual lazy arse here himself. So... Over the next couple of episodes, you're going to hear from one of the most incredible young coaches in not just Ireland, but in the boxing game itself. Dee Walsh is Belfast's a former, I think he was light welterweight champion. He was 12-0 as a pro. He's gone on now to be a coach. He's coaching lads like Polly McCrory. He's coaching uh, the Rook, the, uh, Rory Dalton. He's coaching Owen O'Neill. He's coaching Lewis Crocker. And the last two weeks, we've seen his fighters on MTK shows. Lewis, sensational form sensational style and potty that first round knockout was just in a social media era sensational sensational so I, I guarantee you I had a, I was 
I had a, two pages of notes going into the interview with uh, D, and I left it with three pages of notes. I made three as we spoke. He's a f- special character, and it's easy to see why he's able to get the very, very best out of his fighters. That's coming up in the next episode. I'm also working on a little series of podcasts uh, which will feature around the fight week for the Golden Contract. I had an absolutely mind-blowing conversation with Jazza Dickens last Thursday when I was absolutely at my bottom. I was feeling just poor me. Everything I've said in the last 5-10 minutes, that was where I was at. And I spoke to that man and he lifted everything unknown to him. Boxing took over my life because boxing was the best thing that came into my life. Therefore, I swapped around life and boxing. So boxing became life. And my life became secondary to boxing because there weren't much positive going on. I had loved ones around me, but in the terms of what I was seeing in real life, my existence and, and my perception of life, it wasn't it wasn't good and boxing was really, really good and bo- boxing treated me well. So I started out on a bit of a resentful journey. Um egotistical as a child, resentful, I'll show them, chip on my shoulder. And just throughout the years, it got easier and easier. I met good people. He's a special character. He's got a truly special story that you are going to absolutely love. So shout out to Jazza and his team, Derry Matthews, Tony Bellew, all the guys. And his counterpart in that final is another special character who I spoke to yesterday. It was meant to be Friday. It got uh, delayed a little bit. Of course, I'm talking about Ryan Walsh. Ryan is based in Norwich in the Midlands in the UK and uh, he he has a mixed he has a mixed prof many people in the media and many people in public will say a lot about Ryan and his brothers and and, and I have to be honest about it going into the interview I was somewhat anxious a little bit I suppose there was a little bit of intrepidation I just didn't know what to expect for sure well let me tell you this much and let me say it here there was absolutely zero hassle it was Ended up being myself, Ryan, his oldest brother Michael, his twin brother Liam and their coach Graham Everett. Now Graham Everett, if anybody is not aware, coached Sam Sexton, he's coached Herbie Hyde, he's coached John Faxon, he's coached some phenomenal names over the years. And they all joined me on an episode yesterday which lasted for about an hour. The message that I got from Ryan afterwards, I'm going to play it for you here now. We thoroughly enjoyed it. Walking back to the car after doing the interview... Both Liam and Michael enjoyed it. They said it was different. It was a little bit more personable. Yeah, that's, that's big compliments from them too because I'm not saying they slurred other interviews, but it's nice to get some sort of feedback from them and that's what they were saying. I agreed with them. Hey, you know it's a good interview when an hour goes and it feels like 10 minutes and Michael was shocked. I said, yeah, an hour and three minutes. He went, no. Well, it felt quick, didn't it? He went, yeah. So that's, you know it's a good interview. So thank you, all, And um, all the very best for you. You know, you've, you've got the main ingredient to be successful in, in the pursuit that you're in, which is passion. Passion will take your places that others, you know, passion and hard work and you'll be successful. And hopefully that's shown through an interview. That's what I've got for, for boxing. You know, that's all I know, that's all I like. Although I've started to like Call of Duty. And in this crazy old sport, this mad old game of boxing, it's at times, it's almost a shame that certain fellas have to fight. Those two fight, they will fight. And they will throw down. And you will see, I believe... A sensational final. I have to say, an idea that was at the bottom of the back of my head for a long time. And when I dig it out and reach out, because I didn't even have a contact for either of the lads. So, the point is, no matter what you're thinking, what you're feeling, no matter how you think it is or where you think you're at, take a time out, take a moment, take a breath. Think about it. Think about where you're at, what you want to do. And give it a go. Try it. Because you'll be surprised. You'll be shocked. And I'm rabbiting on and I'm rabbiting on and I'm rabbiting on. So so let's listen to somebody who has a lot of more interesting information to chat about. He's 8 and all right now. His last fight was back in May, would you believe, of 2019, where he had a points win on a Mark Dunlop show in the Europa Hotel in Belfast. He's the BUI Celtic super lightweight champion. He's on his way to Valencia to fight tough Uruguayan Hernan Isava is Victor Rebe is out now from fight day and uh, Vic is back to talk to us a little bit about it how are you keeping my man? doing well um, just managing the weight at the moment not a lot of training so a lot of time spending on my own which is interesting as always <laughs> but uh, happy it's fight week very happy that there's a fight on Friday and it's away in a warm country the lads are travelling to Valencia beautiful surroundings beautiful weather 
beautiful everything wants to get the hard part done which which these guys do they make it look easy because I don't do well when I'm hungry that is for sure um, <laughs> but at the time Vic of course the ink was only dry uh, the long term future which was star boxing but I suppose what was what was more pressing on the short term future what was coming and what was going you were maintaining the lockdown fairly well everything was going well it's up now did it take long to go from maintenance mode to fight camp kind of yeah because sure in lockdown I was I was at home I didn't do anything and I was away in Moldova for a month as well I think it was just after I spoke with you and uh, like don't get me wrong I was keeping fit I was uh, managing my weight doing a lot of running uh, shadow boxing punching bags but it's not the same like it's 50-60% of what actual training is like with Steve in the gym where we do track sessions where we do SNC where we do uh, proper bike sessions and spying so it took us a bit like I've been in the gym with Steve since uh, 1st of July so basically when gyms reopened and uh, we've been slowly getting back into it and then mid-July we, we, we went for it and yeah we're here we are nine weeks later since when we started and everything's gone well. The camaraderie, I remember you mentioned as well, that was something that was on, on those darker days you were missing, but it was incredible to see almost at the same time all the doors and all the gyms open and all the, the, the crews and the stables were back training. That was a bit special, I'd say. It was, it was a bit of both, to be honest. It was special and weird at the same time. It's because obviously when gyms reopened, everyone was a bit iffy and looking at each other. Do we stay close? Do we do we touch hands? Do we keep distance? And all these questions. So it was a bit awkward and weird at the start but as we were back and getting in the rhythm of it uh, things go back to normal I don't know if people are aware or not but when you guys are doing your weight cut when you guys are so so finely tuned and it's at this very last stage that it's 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 very important to keep because the, the immunity can be low everything can be low any more little bit risk attached to it at this point yeah, I'm not really thinking about that uh, I'm just at the moment like I do what I always do on fight week just manage my weight uh, go to the gym stay sharp but obviously with the situation that's going on at the moment is I try to be as careful as possible with yeah. absolutely everything that I do so even at home like I'll try to keep my family away from me yeah. I'm isolated in my room I I make my own food when no one's around um, and the only people I see is uh, really Steve at the gym like I don't go in at the times that the, the rest of the lads go so I'm trying to up, I'm trying to be yeah. as careful as I don't know if you can hear that I'm touching wood here for you as we speak. I'm, I've spoken to Steve. I've been looking at the videos. Mate, you're absolutely fucking flying. You look sharper. You look fitter. You look, you're timing. And you have this, uh, dare I say, devilish fucking eye on you right now. There's a week out. That's, is it safe to say that everything put together and the lack of action and that time out of the ring has, has made you just a little bit more vicious? Yeah, definitely. 100%. Sure, Stephen and I have been working behind closed doors for the past these are 10 weeks mm. uh, on new techniques on coming on forward a lot being a bit more vicious and the fact that I haven't fought in so long kind of put more fuel to the fire you know so going into this fight like I'm, I'm, I'm honestly I want to go in and display my ability that I've done so far but also bring a viciousness to it as well Joe, the other side of me as well. It looks, it looks exciting stuff, and you're, you're, as I said, you'll face Herman, who's a former, um, he's former, he's well ranked and he's, he's well known. He's a tough end as well, and um, he's going to have a night's work on him, isn't he? Yeah, well, I'm not expecting an easy fight. Uh, we want, we want him to, to be the fittest version of himself and the best version of himself. Because the reason for this fight is get the ring rust off, off me and then get me ready for the stage. So I'm expecting, I'm expecting a tough fight. I've trained for a very, very tough fight. And one of the things that stands you out from the rest, Vic, is that just you're hands-on with your career. You, yes, you have your team. Yes, you have your manager. And yes, you have your, your people around you to do the, the the expert areas that are needed. Take responsibility for yourself, for your career. and You don't just sit around waiting on stuff to happen or, or letting other people make it happen. And, and leaving aside the American contract for the moment, which is which is an incredible carrot to have, could we conceivably see you out again before the end of the year? Yeah, definitely. It's, well, the plan is, if, if I'm not fighting in the States, this year, which it's highly unlikely due to what's going on in the States at the moment. If I don't get a fight bit with Star Boxing by the end of the year, then I'll be out. I'll be looking for a fight somewhere on this side of the planet. Dana Bradley, I think Ryan as well, and Tony have their fights in Poland on the 8th or 9th of uh, October. So the second that I'm back, I'll self-quarantine, 
and then be back with boy training hard and then hopefully something pops up again. And the car that Victor is talking about in Poland is on October 9th, the Carpe Diem show. We will have Ryan O'Rourke, who you're going to hear from now in a moment. He'll also feature on that card. We'll have today's featured guest, Tony Brown, making his pro debut on that card. And a young man also who has made serious waves at amateur, as so many did and do. Uh, but of course, Tiernan Bradley went on to become well known for the man who helped Conor McGregor on his boxing journey, sparring many, many rounds, turning professional. And I believe, if I'm not mistaken, uh, that Conor may well be his manager and advisor in, as he sets out on his professional boxing career. We will hear from Tiernan at a later date and a little closer to his debut. Right now, I'm going to go and talk with the coach for all of today's guests, the dad, of course, to Ryan, and the boss man at St. Michael's Gym in Inchicore, Stephen O'Rourke, Mancunian-born and now operating, as I said, out of Inchicore. A pleasure to welcome him onto the podcast for the first time. Yeah, I mean to keep to keep the lads mo- motivated through that was 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 hard. But there's a flip flip side to that. There was un- there was more hungry to get back working. So you know, I I only had to say I'm training out on the park and bang, they was there. So you know, um, it was good. It was good to it was good to have a little layoff for myself as well because I, I stood back a little bit and I said to myself, you know, how can I improve? Uh, you know uh, the training schedules and things like that, but um, no, it was good. It, I think it was good all round for me fighters. But the the main thing is they came back with such a hunger yeah. to get back where they was, and that can only be a good thing, you know. Paddy Fitzpatrick was telling me in Swindon that anyone that came back after lockdown for that period of time, the same or without having adapted or done something, that it really would have been time wasted. So I think. With you, it was um, plotting, planning, and a, and a bit of painting as well, wasn't it? I actually repainted the gym. Uh, I went down. I, I I had to keep myself motivated yeah. as well, uh, as uh, because obviously I'm in that gym, you know, twenty four seven. So when so, as soon as that stopped, I had to give myself something to do, and you know, I kept myself. Uh, I trained again every day. Went out running. Uh, Ryan was with me, and then. Again, I just went down to the gym. I painted the gym, painted the floor, painted anything that moved me, just to keep myself motivated myself. Ryan, for yourself as well, like you lads are fairly well motivated yourself, Vic, Tony, any of the lads I talk to. It's 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 almost like a prereq that you guys are self motivating. You keep yourselves going, even though there's a bit of stick going online lately about you and your timekeeping. I think they're a bit. Is that unfair, or are they, are they just calling it as it is? <laughs> They're just calling it as it is, yeah. I think I might have to work on that a little bit. You're fairly well keeping things going and kicking kick along, but at points in that lockdown, how, from a fighter's point of view, how how was it for you? It was tough, obviously, because like, I'm so used to training every day in my life that I kind of didn't know what to do when I couldn't train. But I think COVID came at a good time for me. If I, well, not like it came at a good time, but if I came at any time, this was the best time because I had three fights in kind of quick succession and I was going to take a little break anyway. So the time off did me well. I needed a rest anyway. And when I came back, I was I was raring to go. I don't think I've ever been happier to get back onto a diet and start training yeah. for a fight ever. It always jumps out of the photographs. It jumps out of videos. It jumps out of everything. The collective spirit and the and the, the, the cohesiveness that you lads have fostered and built there. It was a big loss at that time, to, at the beginning. Do you know what, Al? We didn't actually lose it because we was in contact with each other every day. I mean, you know, we have a, we had a, like a WhatsApp group, oh. so we were chatting in that. We was, you know, we kept together. We kept, and I, I I actually wanted it like that because you know sometimes you can have a collective like that and one one kind of drifts off. But um, it wasn't like that because I told you we went out every. We went. We only did an hour a day. We went over to where uh, is the GAA park and we trained together as a collective. We kept it going. Time has lost all kind of. Well, Ryan, you'll be delighted to hear this, but time kind of lost its meaning over the last few weeks and months. But it was hard to kind of relate days to, to weeks to months. But now all of a sudden it's back, bang. Or if you hit the ground running, you've got the Carpe Diem show in Poland where you're going to have Tiernan making his debut. You've yeah. got the lads out on Friday in Valencia, Steve. Where did that show come from? Or how? Or tell us a little bit about it. What happened was, because obviously we haven't got like, um, you know, the big promotional deals like MTK. We haven't, we you know, we haven't got... Uh, Eddie Earn knocking on the door. We have to go out and we have to prove ourselves. So um, we we scoured all of, all the places in Europe. We make we had good contacts, and of course, 
um, we, you know, we linked up with uh, Connor Slater, uh, and that was that was a relationship through uh, Assassin. Yeah. So we, when Assassin kind of broke up, uh, you know, Connor had had to kind of find his way as well. So we linked up. Me and Connor linked up. We have, we've I've got contacts in uh, you know obviously I'm, I'm a Mancunian, so I've got contacts in the UK, and he's got contacts all over Europe. So we just said right, okay. Let's get to work. Let let's get these lads busy. And and of course as well, our great friend and my great pal Kieran Kieran Farrell has has launched his Irish wing of things. So that'll be to kick in as well. But you you above all, I think it's fair to say to you and the lads, you, you use the creative an awful. Not that you use it better, but I suppose you have to use it a little bit more because, as you say, you don't have that those big conglomerates behind you to roll in and, and throw throws left, right, and centre. If you look the way we've done it, we we're, we're kind of we've done it the hard way, but yeah. we're still here. We're still here. We're still. We're still right. Right up their asses. You know what I mean? Yeah. We 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 we're not. You know, on these shows, but we're we're not giving up. We're going to get to where we're going to go, and if we have to do it the hard way. We have to do it the hard way. Two brilliant uh, examples that I like to use, Steve, is that have come the long way and are now there. Is the two Josses, Josh Warrington, Josh Taylor. They didn't have the big TV deals. They didn't have massive promotional deals. At times, they were almost looked at as the second class citizens of the game, but. <laughs> They're not like that anymore, and they're now sitting on the top of the pile, and they're fighting people fighting for them. So, it proves when you have to earn it and graft for it, it 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 it's an awful lot sweeter when it does get there, isn't it? You know what? I, I wouldn't have it any other way, because as we're on this journey, you're getting you're learning every day. You're learning everything about the the business. So even though I'm just a trainer, I'm learning everything about the business because you do it. If you do it the hard way. You're going to learn. You, I think, for me anyway, uh, you know, it's like an apprenticeship. You learn. You, you just learn all the business because it's not handed to you on a plate. Sometimes you, things will be handed to you on a plate, and you leave a lot behind. Ryan, you're gone from maintenance mode now. You're straight slap bang into a show on Friday night, fighting against Sonny Martinez, I believe, the Uruguayan. Yeah. What do you know much about him, and uh, how how difficult was it, I suppose, to jump from what we say maintenance mode then into full fight camp? I couldn't mind to get back in the fight camp because obviously as a fighter you want to fight that's what keeps you motivated to, to go to the gym when you have a fight you're, you're up for training like you really want to do it about Sonny Martinez I, I don't really know much about him to be honest I like to leave that to me dad I like to just show up and concentrate on me and put me first and what I'm doing I don't really concentrate on anyone else I just can't wait to fight to be honest yeah it's not too bad going to Valencia for a few days that's for in the sure. middle of a pandemic and to get the fight doing it as well, it's, it's great. And and when we chatted the last time, we were looking at the plan at the beginning of the year, what you had hoped to get to by the end of the year. And at the time, it seemed, seemed a bit daft, for want of a better word. But we were saying, look, conceivably by the end of the year, if we could get one more, maybe two. But now you're in plenty of time, you could, you could, you're definitely going to have one, and and quite possibly two before the year is out. The goal now is to probably get five or six. So I'd be happy with five. But if I can get the six out, well then, that'd be great. Steve, in the UK we're seeing with the likes of Matchroom, we're seeing Warren, we're seeing these lads and whilst they don't indirectly impact on what you guys are doing, they have the power behind them to push a little bit and to try these test test arenas and these test fights and, and to get the crowds moving again, don't they? I honestly think it'll be March of next year before we actually see people back in arenas, but We've got we've got um we've got a journey to do and uh, Ryan's got he's on his journey he'll fight in Spain uh, then he'll go straight into camp he'll, he's going to come back on the Monday and then he's got three and a half to four weeks before Poland and so we've more or less done what we we, we, we said at the beginning of the year well let's get six fights he's going to get five fights and that's with COVID you know what what's happened so I'm quite happy um for Ryan's kind of progression at the moment but if if there's another fight I mean Caden's just come he's flown over today he's he's had a few words with a few of me fighters he could he could pop up with a fight uh, I mean a card in Manchester anytime maybe October November so Ryan could be out again so fingers crossed that you know that we get that there's no grass going to grow under the feet in, in St Michael's or in Kieran Farrell's and, and anybody associated with it it's in, you're inspiring people around you as well because I suppose you're giving hope to the fellas that don't have those massive things, as you say, put on a plate and thrown at them. And, and people will pretend, well, I know I can take inspiration from it and I know anybody yeah. that wants. Because I think the message is, Stephen, as well, isn't it? We can use COVID, we can use excuses, or we can use it as an excuse to do something, can't we? If you're going to 
use COVID as an excuse, then people are going to question why. But we have not used that as an excuse. We've used it. We've come out of this very, very positive. So, um, you know, uh, and we're going to keep that positivity because you never know if there's going to be another, you know, another phase of this. So, but we, we've learned from the first phase of this. If if another sort of like phase comes, we have to come down. We, we know what we're going to do. I've Tony also on today's episode and he's had his big announcement. It's It's been a, I had a good chat with him. It was a big jolt for him. And I know from listening to him, it was a big, it was as much to get it, the idea in his head that, Okay, the pro game now is here. This is it's a little bit quicker than I thought. But how is he progressing, and how's that moving for him? Tony Brown, for me, is in a very, very good place. Um, he's we we sat him down. Oh, must be in the COVID actually, and we sat down, and he's come out of COVID. Very positive young man. He's sparring. I can honestly say he's sparring the best. He, he, he's probably where he was when he fought John Ward. In that, that final, is that kind of is is wow. is aggressive? Is his mid range has come back? He's doing everything right. He's he's not listening to everybody in Tom Dick and Addy. He's just listening to his team, um, and he's absolutely flying. I mean, I, I don't like saying too much, uh, you know, bravado, yeah. but I, I think you're going to see probably the best light heavyweight. Super middle come out of Ireland in the next in the next three years. He's gonna he's gonna be the best at super middle. Oh, if he stays at light every because we have to sort of like you have to bring him down a little bit slowly. But he's I, for me he's the best light heavyweight coming out of uh, the Republic of Ireland for a long long time. He's gonna prove to everybody. Just, we just need that platform for him now. That you know that's that platform to come in and go. Woof, where's this kid come from? And, and Ryan, for you, you hit the ground running again. It's almost like a second start. An outdoor show, a little bit of heat, a little bit of sun on your back and another win behind you. Uh, yeah, we can't wait. We can't wait now. If we could fight tomorrow, we would. We just can't wait to get going again. And for you, Steve, as the corner man and the trainer and the coach and everything else, to be able to separate it, I won't say a separate because it doesn't even seem possible, but there, it's a professional, isn't it? It's, 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 it's your job and it's, it's what you're there to do. Is it something that takes time or is it something that just was always there for you as a coach and a dad? Do you know what, Al? It's never really come up. It's, we've never had kind of a massive barney or, that you know, you, you're falling out. It's, that's not, well, I don't know if it's going to come, but it's not come yet. Uh, we do have slight differences. Um, but like I say, when we, when we walk, when we open the door in the gym, it's professional. Yeah. You know, I'm his coach. I'm not his dad. Right? And you, you can ask anybody yeah. in that gym, I don't favouritism him at all. He's he, 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 totally professional. Um, I treat Ryan the same as anybody. Now, when we walk out of the gym and we go home, we tend not really, we both kind of know now not to talk about if he's had a bad day, a good day, and maybe a good day we might have a little chat. But then Ryan just goes off. He goes off and does his thing. I, I come back and, I, and I'm his dad again. Yeah. And, and we've learned to kind of do that. Do you know what I mean? I don't come home, I don't abandon him, oh, you've done a bad day, you've done this, you've done that. I don't do that with him because then the relationship will just break down very, very quick. You know what I mean? So we've learned to just say, very bad day, we go out the gym, we don't say anything in the car, go home, and then we just become dad and son again. And that's the way we work it. And that was Stephen and Ryan O'Rourke, father and son, fighter and coach, and when you think about it, how many of you and us go to work on a daily basis and uh, leave whatever happens in work behind, come home, switch off, put the feet up, give out about whoever it is that you're working with and uh, be able to go back in the next day reinvigorated and ready to go again. These guys go to work together, they come home together, they live together. So it adds a little bit of an extra dynamic to what is a burgeoning stable out there it's dyna- it has all the dynamics it has all the attributes it has all the skill and it has all the talent all brought together under the watchful eye of a coach who is meticulous just brilliant to chat with Stephen I've, I've, I've spoken with him so many times off the record and it was brilliant to get him on the record eventually and to get him on the podcast as a red a diehard Man U fan it's tremendous to hear that accent I love it no doubt the weekend will be a smash hit the lads will come back with the wins intact, their records in place and ready to go again for, I would say, you'll probably see them all on the Carpe Diem show. But what I'll do is I'll keep an eye out for any links 
that there may be for the show in Valencia. Keep them posted across anti-social media. Lads, thanks for your time. And we're going to have a little bit of look now at the news around the boxing world, Irish and otherwise. Got to start off with uh, a guest who joined us here a couple of weeks back for one of the more honest and open insights to a professional boxer story that we've done in a while. It was, of course, the precursor to Poddy McCrory's toughest fight on paper, in and out of the ring. His toughest fight yet. It, uh, he made short work of it. We needn't have worried, we needn't have been concerned, we needn't have sweat a bit. In fact, it was over in less than a minute. Sensational knockout. Sensational knockout for Poddy McCrory. Catapulting him into the world rankings he was hoping in and around the number 15 mark. And uh, in an era which is absolutely obsessed and based around social media clips and 30 second clips and TikToks and everything else, Poddy McCrory just absolutely created one for a lifetime. It was it was dramatic. It was everything that you want from a fella who is just impressing every time he goes out. And of course, we'll have his coach on next week for another really, really brilliant insight into the workings of another dynamic team. And that'll be D Walsh. But a big shout out and a well done to Poddy McCrory. That was just sensational. You couldn't wish, dream or ask for a better a, a better way to end a fight and win a fight. And negotiations and deliberations are on an advanced stage for Dennis Hogan. I was chatting to him again over the weekend. His return to the ring, we believe, will be in the America, in America, the United States. The, the travel restrictions aside, opponents have been put to Team Hogan and his representatives. He's accepted all. And we will have the details to release. I know who they are, but I, I'm sworn to secrecy and uh, I value my health too much to uh, to break any sort of news until it is given the go-ahead. But I guarantee you, it will be a cracking fight. It'll be a brilliant win to send Dennis Hogan back to a world title fight. Not Maybe, maybe not a world title fight before Christmas. Probably the other side early in the new year at some stage. But watch out, that news is coming really soon. And uh, the war of words on social media during the week intensified after Stevie McKenna smashed his opponent in uh, the very first round, of course, on Channel 5. It was a sensational win. It was a big statement. It was dramatic. Had a, had a couple of moments of anxiety for him, I guess, where the referee was... Look, those shots, I, I honestly think he was in mid-flow when those shots landed. But he got him out of there and he continued, him and his dad continued to pour some fuel on an already burning hot fire between Garcia who he has the diva qualities you can see why himself and Canelo get on so well uh, nobody is allowed to question him nobody is allowed to second guess him nobody is allowed to actually put the, put him in his place tell the truth and state the fact which is he hasn't beaten anybody he hasn't fought anybody of course he's looked sensational when he's done what he's done against the fellas he's supposed to do it against but um, he's going to have to learn very quickly that outside the, that little dream bubble that he lives in with himself and the ginger diva the real world exists and people in the real world don't tow party lines. Waterford welter Rowan Date announced his fourth fight in Dubai for the 9th of October. Topping what will be a huge... Topping, topping that bill will be Maxi Hughes, who's off a career-best win over John O'Carroll, of course. And uh, Maxi is trained by my good old pal Sean O'Hagan, of course, dad to Josh Warrington. It'll be a brilliant fight. He faces Kazakhstan fighter Victor... Kotchkov, Kotchkov, I believe I pronounced that. Reasonably okay for that. It'll be an IBF world ranking fight. In the wider boxing world, Deontay Wilder continues to um, reset the records, I guess, for ridiculousness. With his latest SOP story, it's his sparring partner he sent out to face the microphones this time, spinning the usual bicep bullshit. He tries to control and manipulate the narrative as usual, but with the line where he quote unquote there's a lot I don't even want to talk about said the sparring partner so leave it at that let's not talk about it because there's nothing more to say you got smashed son um, there's a few sanctioned bodies who have decided to start implementing finally some mandatory challenges and what would appear on the face of it to be fair play I try not to I don't get too head up about boxing politics what good's going to come of it and let's face it enough to be, we've all got enough to be worrying about many podcasts podcasters journalists hacks whatever you want to call them um, they spend hours and hours and hours creating content from mandatories and non-mandatories and unifications and all this sort of spin 
So you think then when the WBC announced that uh, Jack Catterall is to finally get his mandate fight against Ramirez, that they'd be the Lyra and Ixoira, as they say, in the capital of Ireland. Uh, but no, no. Now we've got talk of step-aside money, and this guy should sex accept step-aside money, and that guy should accept step-aside money. But only last week, this same bunch were whinging about no unification fights, and no mandatory fights, and everything else. So listen, there's no pleasing everybody, and there's no pleasing anybody at the moment, I think in where boxing is really, really stepping up its game over the last few weeks. We've seen MTK contribute with just smashing shows. We've now seen the second amount of Frank Warren shows announced. We're waiting on the announcement then of the next wave of MTK and the next bout of matchroom fight cards. Really, really brilliant fights. And I just think that people need to focus a little bit on what we have and not what we don't have. The US hype is starting to zero in, of course, on Earl Spence versus Danny Garcia. Not really interested, to be honest with you. I wasn't interested in Spence before the crash, not interested in him after it. So good luck to them too. I believe it goes ahead on November 21st. And then we'll finish with the Darug Diva, Canelo himself. Uh, what's left to say? Same old, same old. He, he just does what he wants. He answers to nobody other than maybe some fans he's above drug regulation he's above sanctioning bodies he's above commissioning bodies he walks on water as far as most are concerned he throws out spin and bullshit whenever he feels like it he drops names uh, Smith uh, Billy Joe Saunders Quigley Golovkin Yildrum all bullshit all absolute horseshit and now it seems he's uh, surprise surprise not going to fight again until maybe 2021 the zone and he appeared to be locked in some sort of I would say discussion, I would say dispute, who knows. But let's face it, why should the ginger diva, why should he have to suffer the same as anybody else in the world? I mean, he is, he's he's Canelo, you know, just because there's no money in the world and just because everybody else has to take a pay cut, why should Canelo? Greedy SOB is all I can say. That's what the belt they should make from, the greedy son of a bitch. Franchise, give it to him. It's all his. And last but not least, Jamel Haring had a strange DQ win over John Aquando at the weekend. Ugh. Listen, Aquando is widely... Everyone knows. Headbutt, headbutt, headbutt. He goes with the head first, foremost, and all this. And uh, I, there's a lot reading into it. And I believe... Honestly believe Haring, he's a Marine. Toughest on the planet. They don't get much tougher. So, when he probably decided when he couldn't see out one eye the other night and he had enough and he knew he had enough it was called okay as opposed to looking at certain coaches over the last while who refused to call and, and almost tried to coax the fighter back out enough was enough which I believe will set a barn burning fight with Carl Frampton we'll talk about that another day and in case I forget to mention of course of course I will have a feature interview with our very own Tyrone McKenna the mighty Celt as he get prepares for his golden contract final. I just haven't done that interview yet. I've been in touch with him. It's all arranged. It's just a matter of a day and a time. So as if I would ever forget the mighty Celt. As if. As if. My feature guest today has been chatting with me since I pressed record on this podcast for the first time. Tony Brown was close to top of the pick, top of the pile for the Irish team. When I spoke to him first, he was preparing to go, I think, to the Box Cup in Cologne, where, of course, he came back with a silver medal. Uh, it's been an up, it's been a down, it's been topsy-turvy, it's been everything. But throughout all that, Tony has been totally and utterly generous with his time. He's always spoken to me, at times from camp abroad, at times text messaging and just keeping in touch. He's a phenomenal fella. He's an absolute consummate pro. And he is now officially a pro. And he spoke to me... Over the weekend, we'd been in touch throughout lockdown where he was busy, I was busy, where our time schedules just clashed and and managed to miss each other at a couple of times, but it was always a question of when rather than if. It's a real pleasure to listen to Tony talk about the very, very exciting next phase of his career where he's gone pro, he's signed with a big promoter, and here he is to tell us all about it. Yeah, like you said, it was um, a year of um, a mixed bag of forces, I suppose, over the last year. Um, obviously I campaigned that heavyweight first um, and I built myself up to well, not, not, not the full weight but I certainly put on a lot of size 
had a, a good campaign at Hebray and then all the situation changed and there was a go back to light heavy and I made the decision to move back. Probably not my best in hindsight, but uh, you live by your decisions uh, when we're, we're, we're at where we are now. So. For anybody that isn't aware, and as I said, I, I, I'm constantly, most of us in the boxing circles know what's been going on and what hasn't been going on. Some of us were privy a little bit. I, I've chatted to Steve. I've been really looking forward to catching up with yourself. Um, yeah. But as I said, for anyone that's not familiar or not sure or not certain what we're alluding to, Tony Brown announced recently he's going to sign. He's he's now a professional boxer. He's he's left the singlet behind. Um, he's moving into an exciting phase of his career that was always, let's face it, if we're being honest, it was always going to happen this way. You were always going into this direction. But it's come a little bit sooner, I suppose, and, and, and that's what I wanted to get to you about, timing-wise and everything else. I think a couple of years ago, I was definitely considering a move to the pros before, but I decided to stick it out um, with, obviously, the, the ambition of getting to the Olympic Games. That's obviously changed in the last while. Um, I did take some time to consider the decision. There was obviously, you know, the prospect of maybe another senior championships um, um, you know, you're there, but then you're banking on guys not qualifying and stuff. So, you know, at the end of the day, I just decided, listen, I'm, I'm, I was always good for the pros anyway. And, um, you know, just there's a whole lot, there's a whole lot of aspects about it that suit me better. You know, the actual the, the longer rounds and style of boxing, and even just the fact of being able to uh, cater for your own training and work your training around your own schedule. Um, is definitely a massive bonus that works for me. So, uh, yeah, it was it was a pretty uh, it was a pretty easy decision to make for me in the end. Anyway, the little bit that I've got to know, and, and luckily enough to get lucky enough to get to know a little bit inside your ear camp and how it works. Um, emotions, uh, you wear your hearts on your sleeve. There's very you don't need to dig too deep to see you're an honest fella. You talk it as it is. You tell it as it is, and. I think if I'm not being, I hope I'm not intruding too much by saying this, it wasn't a decision that you made easily and it most definitely, the timing of it was, if we were being honest and if if, if all things were going as they were, it wasn't, the timing of it wasn't exactly what and when you had hoped for, is it? Yeah, like obviously the the plan was to go to the games and be turning over with the the rings, you know. Um, You have a better bargaining tool then but you know I got a, I got made an offer from Joe the Guardian Starbucks it's a good offer um, and uh, it's a great opportunity for me so I just I had to grab it with both hands yeah. um, I had been you know I had been in talks for a while and there was a couple of other outfits that I had been I'd been in discussion with but um, I just I suppose I waited a while before I made it public and announced it as well you know because Especially with the way the current uh, situation is, um, I didn't want to announce something and then, you know, go into limbo for a number of months then following. I'm hoping to get the ball rolling straight away, make my debut and get moving, get into action as soon as I can. And don't let anybody be mistaken either. This isn't the case of Brown been sitting back on his ass for the last few months, uh, getting getting growing into the heavyweight division or anything such. In if anything, it's probably been a case from looking at and listening to yourself. You've probably been busier. You've probably been training harder. You've probably been more. I don't know. If I've could... been flat out. Yeah. <laughs> I, I, I was never more ready for a fight than I was in the middle of lockdown. Uh, you know, it's like. I was, I was laughing with the lads like if only the fucking senior championships were during lockdown <laughs> I would have been laughing I was I was training every day um, and you know it, it was it like listen the lockdown was everyone was in the same boat but it was it was how you used your time that really counted you know um, you, could, you could sit around and feel sorry for yourself and give out about the fact that there's no work and all this but um, I think it was I think some people will have really thrived with that time, you know. Yeah. They will have made the most of it and uh, it'll, it'll come to fruition now in the next couple of months. 
I hear that Tony definitely do and, and, and we I think if we're being honest I think it was like lockdown and I think it still is it's very much more at this stage a mental thing than it is uh, anything else it's it's like it's coming in waves so you've got those couple of weeks where yeah, you're like yeah. where, for me anyway it's like a couple of weeks where this shit's not going to get me I'm going to be I'm going to make sure that whatever I'm at because we're in the middle of a, we're outside the pale here so we're in the middle of another two week lockdown and I, and I gather there's two more weeks coming so that's that's listen as you said there you can use it you can use excuses make excuses or I've preferred to try and use lockdown as an excuse to try and grow things in different departments in different areas and I think that's the best way you can do it but you're 100% right I know what you're saying maybe not in fighting terms but there are certainly days where you're like oh yeah here we go again because with you guys it's routine it's routine it's everything and and when that's upset and not only upset but just pulled apart that plays havoc with it I think I think that like one of the things that was was massive for me was keeping a routine. You know, even if it's just you know you run at a certain time every day, and you do doing certain things at the same time every day, so you stay in a routine. Although your normal schedule might be taken away from you, you can still uh, stay in some sort of routine at home. Um, I think that like that for me anyway. That was that was massive during lockdown. Was keeping my own routine training wise you know you've announced an amazing deal like I mean anyone that's not familiar again star boxing is Joe DeGuardia in New Jersey isn't he yeah uh, New York New York and uh, it's it's yeah. it's the type of deal that any young pro whether you've had an, an extensive amateur career or not it's 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 one of those deals where you just lick your lips at it and you think this is it isn't it this is what a start yeah it's, it's, look, it's a great opportunity um I just with regard to what you said there about you know staying in shape and keeping the weight off, I think like that's as, as a professional boxer you've you've got to be in a position to go at all times. You don't know when an opportunity is going to arise or you know what's what's going to be put in front of you. So you need to be able to take it with both hands when it does um, arrive. But uh, yeah, the, the deal with Joe is great. Um, you know, obviously. In, under normal circumstances, the plan was to debut in the States. Um, when I was in talks you know, a couple of months ago, it was looking like we, we were going to be out of this during the summer. Um, but obviously it's continued. Um, and international travel it still looks like it's, it's quite a bit away. So probably for me, my, uh, my US debut could be a little further down the line. But... Um, something I'm looking forward to anyway even just to be able to say that your US pro debut I'm thinking Superfly I'm thinking the entrances I'm thinking all the stuff that you can do with all of that it, it's it's exciting yeah look like I mean America is the mecca really of show business if, if, you, if you're gonna if you're gonna make it you gotta do it in the States um, and like I, I'm, I'm I'm quietly confident I can go over there and make some noise uh, I you know, I, I think uh, I'll bring some flavor to the stage that they're going to enjoy. And uh, we're working tirelessly on my style at the moment, um, getting great rounds in, and you know, working working really hard with Stephen every day on on perfecting my style and um, you know, bringing that crowd pleasing stuff back back into my game. So uh, I'm just looking really looking forward to get going and. Uh, all my hard work into practice uh, again knowing the, the, the little dynamic that's there the special bond that all you lads are look you probably have to go punch the shit out of each other pretty much every other day of the week but there's a very <laughs> special there's a very special bond there and a very special likeness and group between you how were those first sessions back after lockdown they must have been it must have been like a, could, could you could you explain them yeah it was great it was you know, you know that back in the day when you'd come back uh, to school after being away for some holidays and you'd see Everyone you hadn't seen for months. It was a bit like that again, you know. And then you um, get to go punch each other, though. That was great. It was great to see everyone. Uh, it does make a difference having the having the the rest of the group with you. You know, there's only so much you can do on your own. You do need um, you do need everyone else around you as a support system and also to to motivate you to push yourself that little bit harder in the gym. Um, it's been great, you know. Even even just watching some of the other lads sparring and that, like you, you know, you some some of the other lads had some great sparring the last few weeks. And, you know, you pick up on things as well. So it's always great to be surrounded by other people on the same mission as yourself. 
Yeah, and Steve has a brilliant team around him there. I was chatting to Cliff a little bit there early in the week. And as well as that, then there's Tony, there's Johnny. There's a very special team there in the background working closely with Connor and all that. You're very much, uh, I would say, one of the, at the moment. I don't know if it's fair to say, one of the best secrets at the moment on this island, I think. And I think when it explodes, I think it's going to it's going to open some eyes very, very widely. Definitely, yeah. Boxing is absolutely on the rise. The last couple of weeks has been some unbelievable scraps. I don't know if you saw... Incredible fights. I've, I haven't missed a single minute of a single round of any fight for the last six weeks. I've just been glued to everything, and that's probably what's got me through all yeah, this. Yeah, serious fights. From your own point of view, Tony, as I said, heading out on that road now, head, you're working on your style, which is which is very much um, it, it's something that you've been doing all the time. Anyways, it's not something that you've just realised I have to do this, but. It, and you have the best people in place around you. You have a mixture of yeah. of young lads. Again, I saw a photograph the other day and uh, I saw that, that a fella who's captured the imagination and who has all the natural style and flow and ability in Roy Sheen. For fellas like that to be around, does it help? I know he's a bit, he'd be lighter than yourself, but would he be able to give you pointers and direction as well? And, and it's a case of just listening and watching everything and making what you need then for yourself. Like I was always renowned for having a bit of a pro amateur style. Yeah. Um, I think the first, my first senior championship that was the that was a general consensus was like I had a kind of a, a pro style and I, I like to sit on my shots a bit and tear up on the inside and fight a little bit dirty as well but I think um, the last couple of years being having such amateur influence around me I, I lost a bit of that so it's just been a case of uh, of just refining that that style and uh, bringing it back into my game you know not being too one dimensional so definitely the last couple of weeks there's been a lot of learning involved and a lot of improving and I'm enjoying my training. That's the main thing, you know. Really enjoying my training at the moment, um, and having good fun with it. I think I think that's the isn't that just so important when you hear and, and I've spoken to quite a few over the last few weeks having turned James McGivern turned pro as well, your old teammate, and he said the same point of view. Like it's like a breath of fresh air. You walk in through the gym doors, and it's like a whole new sport. But it, that's just the, it's 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 the it's the release, isn't it? The breath, the freshness. I think, like, I think as a professional boxer, there's a lot more you can express yourself more. You know, there's you, you, your your style can be more tailored to yourself as an individual. Um, I suppose because you're not really working to try and score points for a, a built-in system as such. You know, um, prize fighting's a little bit different, I think. And uh, yeah, like I've been for myself, I've been I've been really enjoying getting back doing things the way I used to do them and uh, just just uh, no one really knows where the cycle is going to go right now and, and, and my heart goes out to the guys that are still in the programme that are still have their dreams intact yours is a different dream now you're gone in that different direction but um, it's going to be tough isn't it for those guys while they're still sitting there waiting to wait not not that they let the grass grow but it, it's the uncertainty yeah, look, of the whole thing it's it's, it's, uh, it's terrible really um, you know it's it's, it's, uh, it must be very hard for for the lads at the moment on the team. Obviously, uh, for myself now, I've moved on and that, but um, it's, it's it's really hard to know what's going to happen. I mean, things just keep going forward and then going back and going forward and going back. So it, it's it's really hard to know what way the the, the games is going to pan out, and even if it is going to pan out. So um, yes, it's definitely a difficult situation. But I guess uh, for the lads in the team most important thing for them is to just stay focused on what they have to do and just keep uh, keep working hard If world titles were given out for hard work, dedication alone I believe that fellow would have a, a hat full of them already. Lots of things came to mind as I listened to that conversation back. The phrase strong silent uh, times clear the realignment of the career, the adjustment of hopes and dreams, they don't happen overnight but it's also very, very abundantly clear that the hunger burns deep. Thanks to Tony for talking and telling me this latest part of his career. To Steve, Vic and Ryan also for your time. And of course, to you for listening at home, wherever it is you are. Remember, it's more than okay to be feeling the effects of these crazy, weird and wonderful times we're living in. Just talk. Let it out. That's it for me and them until then. Until next week, where we talk to Belfast coach D. Walsh Stay safe, stay sane, and smile. All's well that ends well.